0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harper, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. It is Wednesday. It is hump day. That's right. Mailbag time. In the second half of this show, we will get into the mailbag. All my ride or die crew always ask questions. Not as many this week, but that's okay. I had a lot of stuff. That I wanted to cover in the first half, and I was already kind of concerned it might go pretty long. So the fact that we didn't have as many questions is not a big deal. But you know, in case you ever are curious how to actually contribute a question to the mailbag segment, all you have to do is follow me on Twitter. 100% free, by the way. At j Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Once you follow me every Tuesday, typically it's around noon, I will put out a tweet that says, hey, just give me some questions for the mailbag. You have to respond to that tweet. And... I'll answer it during the show. I always say it, still mean it. Every single question that I get asked, I will answer, no matter what. I'm not going to cherry pick questions. I'm not going to, even during the season when I had 30-some questions, I answered every single one of them. Now, before we talk about the topic at hand, has to do with quarterbacks, everyone, so make sure you're ready for that, but we want to mention BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Really been proud of the website Throughout the season, throughout this off season so far, uh, just putting out some really good stuff, really good content. I, I honest to goodness think that if you're a really diehard Steeler fan that wants to get the news all year, not just during the season, then you'll love this website. If you've never gone there, but BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one stop shop. And wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or behind the steel curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever that platform requires, so that you do not miss a thing. Whether that's Spotify apple podcast please give us a five star on both of those platforms you know google play stitcher anchor pandora you name it we're everywhere search Steelers or behind the steel curtain and take a listen to not just my podcast but all of our podcasts including the live mic had a great episode on tuesday morning make sure you check that out the stat geek which is coming up thursday morning tomorrow and all of our pm content make sure you check all that out all right Quarterbacks. Everyone wants to talk about quarterbacks. Why? It's the first time since 2004 that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be looking at a quarterback, a potential quarterback with Ben Roethlisberger officially retiring. But there's just a couple things that I need to get off my chest. And this is not the random thoughts. I understand that. But I have a microphone in front of my face. I've got some strong feelings going right now. And I want to get some things off my chest. First, freaking Tom Brady freaking Tom Brady. This guy really chaps my you-know-what. So over the weekend, Saturday I believe it was, there was reports from Adam Schefter and another ESPN reporter that Tom Brady is going to retire. It swept the internet, Twitter's ablaze, everyone's basically writing their you know, oh, we're going to miss Tom Brady so much. It's just going to be so sad when he's gone, whatever. And then Tom Brady himself, along with other reports, come out and say, I haven't made a decision yet. So now everyone's under the assumption I was one of those people that, you know what, Tom Brady might have been thinking about retirement, but after that, maybe he's going to come back one more year. The NFL is going to basically give him an opportunity to win a ring, another ring, and then ride off into the sunset. And so we kind of all, I think we all could agree that we all thought that Brady will probably be back. Then on Tuesday, Brady goes on his Instagram account and he announces his retirement. Now, Tom Brady, I wrote this article for the website. I want to read some of this stuff. Tom Brady, in my opinion, was the ultimate villain for the Pittsburgh Steelers during his time in New England. And I say New England because the Steelers never played him in Tampa, like never once. I want you to look I mean, here are some of the villains that I listed for the Pittsburgh Steelers during that time period. You talk about Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs, Vontez Burfik, Chad Johnson, Ed Reed, Miles Garrett, Pac-Man Jones, T.J. Houshmanzada. You could even go to people that desecrated the terrible towel outside of Zada, uh, Lendale White, Keith Bullock of the Tennessee Titans. No one, in my opinion, tops Tom Brady. Because he completely dominated the Steelers. I mean dominated the Steelers. Overall, overall, he finished, this is including the playoffs, with a 12-3 record against Pittsburgh. Let me break this down for you. In the regular season, Tom Brady had a 9-3 and record against Pittsburgh. Touchdowns in those 12 games, 29. Interceptions, just five. He threw for 3,744 3, yards in those 12 games with a, an average completion percentage of 68.8 and a rating of 111.1. 1. That is remarkable, but it gets better. The three playoff games the Steelers played against Tom Brady, 3-0. He was 3-0 undefeated with the uh, as a starter. He threw 5 touchdowns, no picks, 706 yards, a completion percentage of 71.6 and a rating of 118.6. He was the ultimate villain for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You have to wonder how many chances or opportunities would the Steelers have had in that same era if Tom Brady wasn't the quarterback. I'm not here to say that he's not the greatest of all time. Seven Super Bowls speaks for themselves. You can talk about the controversy, which can always seem to follow him, and Bill Belichick. You can talk about that all you want. The guy did nothing but win. He was a winner. But what really ticks me off is how he's kind of toying with the media, but what really gets under my skin, and in a way I'm okay with it now that I think about it, my blood pressure's kind of come down a little bit, was... That he's retiring now. He couldn't just play one more year. He's retiring now the same year as Ben Roethlisberger. Now, do I think this is going to impact Roethlisberger's enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? No, I don't think so. Um, will Tom Brady getting in kind of overshadow Ben? Potentially. From a national perspective, yes. Will Canton, Ohio, if that is the case if, if in five years... If Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger are getting inducted into the Hall of Fame at the same time, that place will be a black and gold madhouse. Yeah, there will be Patriot fans, but trust me, there will be a black and gold madhouse. You thought Troy Polamalu was crazy. You thought the bus was crazy. It'll be that and then some. But Tom Brady does this, and you're just, it just is like one last shot where it's like, gosh darn it, you son of a gun. Tom Brady just cannot let Ben have his moment now. What I said about my blood pressure decreasing was, thankfully, Roethlisberger did everything last week. Thursday, he got his moment. Uh, the, the NFL was able to give him his kudos, his accolades, and he also had that ending to the season. We knew it was it. We were able to celebrate the Monday night game, his last home game at Heinz Field. We were able to celebrate that game at MT Bank and take in that playoff game for whatever it was worth. Tom Brady did not give his fan base a chance to do that. They went to the playoffs. They were Super Bowl or bust, essentially, in Tampa Bay. and He didn't give them the chance to do that. Now, he's going to get his kudos. Trust me, he will. But Tom Brady, just one last time, sticking it to the Steelers and the fan base. He was the greatest. But I say good riddance. Get out of the league, Brady. I can't stand you. Can't stand you. Never have, never will. Never have, never will. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about that's really been getting under my skin, and this has been a really hot topic on the our Slack channel. Now our Slack channel can be worse than Steelers Twitter sometimes. Yeah, you have all these guys with differing backgrounds, differing opinions on the Steelers, they're all right, they're very podcasts, they're all very passionate about this team. We're all very passionate about this team, and when you're passionate about something in your life, you should be willing to stick up for your opinions and your thoughts, and that's exactly what happens in this private little chat room that we have, depending on the channel. As the NFL draft prep is really starting to get going, you know, you're talking about the the Shrine, East West Shrine Bowl, the Senior Bowl down in Mobile is going on right now, and all of a sudden, here we go with the measurements. The freaking measurements. And the one thing that everyone's talking about is hand size. Oh my goodness. Kenny Pickett didn't get his hand measured. It's reported that he has small hands. He wears gloves when he plays quarterback, probably because he has small hands. Small hands, tiny hands, carny hands. If you get the carny joke, you are an Austin Powers fan where he said, I can't stand carneys; They have tiny hands. But I digress. I think when you think about the, some of this stuff, it just gets overboard it's a little overworked. it got so bad that i looked up how they actually measure these quarterbacks hands and i came home i was like i'm curious what size hands i have and so i took a tape measure out and i put my hands they actually measure if you put your hand flat on a table from the on your throwing hand your di- your thumb all the way to your pinky so you would think that it might be like middle finger down to your to your palm or the you know the upper part of your wrist it's not it's actually diagonally from the thumb to the, your pinky on your throwing hand, and so I was like, you know, this is so f- ridiculous. I'm looking up hand size of quarterbacks, and there I have 10 inch hands, and all this stuff, and 10 inch is kind of like the you know, that's very typical for a quarterback in the National Football League. Well, it turns out the reason why I didn't make it to the NFL was I have nine inch hands. Maybe if on a generous scale, nine inch hands, but pretty much just shy. I don't have large hands. Never have, never will. That's okay. I'm not in the NFL. But the one thing that I can't get out of my mind is someone, this is not the first quarterback, by the way, that has been kind of slandered and ridiculed when it comes to not having the hand size that the scouts have deemed to be sufficient. So, Joe Burrow was the most recent case. And two years ago, when he was going through this process, he was labeled with having tiny hands. And I actually poked fun of him on our podcast because, well, it's just funny. And I always think about Austin Powers and the Carney joke. So, Joe Burrow was labeled as having small hands. Well, guess what? He is playing in the Super Bowl. I don't think it actually mattered too much. Kyler Murray was another one that was labeled as having small hands, and would he be able to hold the ball? He's as small everything. He's a small guy, yet his athleticism makes him still a very good quarterback. Matthew Stafford, the other, guy in the, quarter, the other quarterback in the Super Bowl this coming Super Bowl in two weeks, he also was labeled as having smaller hands for a, co- a college prospect. So, Kenny Pickett is now being ridiculed, and I'm not a huge Kenny Pickett fan. Let me get that out of the way. If he goes to Pittsburgh, I'm not going to be upset, but I'm not one of these people that's you know, projecting from the, the mountaintops how great Kenny Pickett is. I'm just saying that I feel how unfair this is for these prospects. And Kenny Pickett's even come out and said that he's actually double-jointed in his thumb and that he can't really lay his hand flat too well. It, it goes well around a football because, obviously, you're holding a football. You're gripping the football. But for, in terms of putting your hand flat on the ground or on a table or whatever to measure, it's going to come up small. Here's the silver lining for the Steelers. If something like this, something like a quarterback's hand size, causes someone, maybe like Kenny Pickett... If someone's so concerned about his hand size and he falls to 20 and the Steelers say, we had a top 10 grade on this guy, he's at 20, we're going to take him. And if the Steelers somehow, someway get him and he is that next quarterback, again, not saying that he is, but if they do, then just think about what that says. I just talked on Monday about how when you get that franchise quarterback, sometimes you need a little bit of luck. Sometimes you need the Browns to take Kellen Winslow Jr. in 2004 instead of a quarterback that would play 18 years, win two Super Bowls, and go to three. So if it means that you got a ridicule guy for having small hands, then ridicule away. And if it means that that player goes to Pittsburgh, that's fine. That is fine. The Pittsburgh Steelers could benefit from that. Okay, I want to get off my soapbox. Enough Brady talk. Enough hand size talk. I feel like I'm on a—when I talk about—whether it's, you know, in the Slack channel or here on the podcast, whenever I talk about hand size, I feel like I'm on a Seinfeld episode. I, I just don't know what it is. It just sounds so funny and so weird to me. But let's get to the topic at hand. We're about halfway through. We're rolling through this. I don't care. You're fine. I'm fine. We're all fine. And half the time, there's no flipping ads in the middle of the show anyways. So let's get started. The Steelers need to be patient when it comes to finding their next quarterback— so we're talking about quarterbacks. Everyone wants to talk about quarterbacks. Jeff, who are they going to take? Jeff, are they going to go make a trade for someone? Jeff, are they going to get a free agent? What are they going to do? Who's going to be the quarterback? That's the big question. The Steelers need to be patient. That's the answer. They need to be patient. So in an offseason where you have the Steelers having so much cap space, you're looking at around $40 million in cap space, and that number can go up. And when I say that, if you do like, you know, cut, Joe Schobert, that's like 7 million. Cut Zach Banner, that's like an extra five. Just in those two moves, you've almost accrued 12 million more in salary cap space. So in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, what free agent quarterback is worth a high price tag? Now, if you tell me, hey Jeff, I want to trade for Gardner Minshew, not gonna cost a lot of money, not gonna be a, you know, you're not gonna to have to trade away the farm to get him. That's a different story. If you say, hey, Jeff, Marcus Mariota is available. He just wants $4 million a year. Would you pay him that? That's a different story. When you're talking about, do you want to acquire Aaron Rodgers, who would require a trade? Do you want to acquire a Russell Wilson? That would require a trade. Do you want to give up that? And the answer for me is no. No, I don't. I really don't. And then there's people like, well, what about Jimmy G? What about Kirk Cousins? You get those guys. To me, that screams a lateral move. Do you think that if Jimmy Garoppolo somehow finds his way to Pittsburgh, and he's on this Steelers team, and they had to give up some draft stock, and they had to trade away some assets to get him, you put him on the team, are they a Super Bowl contender? Think that, Think about that answer right now. Is he a Super Bowl contender? You ask me? No, they're not. Give me Kirk Cousins. So you got to trade for him too. You maybe have to absorb his ridiculous contract. So now all of a sudden that some of that cap space you had's gone because you bring in Kirk Cousins. Are they a Super Bowl contender in the AFC with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson? Are they contenders? You ask me? No, they're not. It almost feels like a lateral move compared to the quarterbacks that they have on the roster. So then, why would you spend all that money, that draft capital, to just be competitive? And that's what it comes down to to me. If, for you, the fan, right now, wherever you're listening, is saying, that my goal in 2022 for the Steelers is I want them to be competitive. I want them to win some games. I understand that it's probably not a championship year. I'm, if they can make the playoffs, that's freaking fantastic. But otherwise, I realize that's the reality. Then you know what? Why would you make that trade? Why would you make those trades? Why would you acquire that quarterback that's going to cost you a lot? Now I'm not talking about the Minshews or the or the Mariotas. I'm talking about the Jimmy G's, the Kirk Cousins, uh, the Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson anyone else who's been rumored to be out the door in their respective organizations. Why would you do that if it's just to be competitive? You shouldn't. You can be competitive with Mason Rudolph. He can do that. I guarantee you he can do that. But if your goal, if you think, as a fan, mind you, if if your goal is, say, championship in 2022, that's the goal, well, that doesn't exist Without getting one of those guys, but having to give up so much, whether it's cap space, whether it's draft picks, in which case you're bringing in a quarterback that you feel can get you to a championship, but you don't have a roster to get to the championship. You don't. Not to acquire that player. So let's go back. The draft. Thinking about the future. Do you draft a quarterback? I am not moving from 20 unless it's to move backwards. I will say that again. I am not moving in this draft unless it's backwards to get more draft picks. Now, if a quarterback, like I said, the scenario with Pickett, if he slides to 20, that's a different story. But I'm not moving up to get any of the quarterbacks in this draft. Just don't feel that strongly about any of them. So with that being said, I wanna, there's still value. We've talked about that in this podcast before. There's still value at 20. And I want to make sure that other team needs get addressed. We talked about that all Monday. Go back and listen to that podcast, offense, defense, special teams. We narrowed them all, what the Steelers need to do, who they should keep in free agency, all that stuff. Talked about it all. Go listen to that podcast if you missed it. Otherwise, I just think when I look at this upcoming season, and I look at the realistic expectations for this team, and the one thing and the one camp that I find myself in is the competitive camp. And that is, I think that if the Steelers can go and make some really good additions along the offense and defensive line at a couple skill positions like receiver, maybe a safety, inside linebacker, have a good draft, I think they could be very competitive in 2022. And I say that with Mason Rudolph at quarterback, or one of those quarterbacks It's not going to make them sell the farm to get him. Art Rooney can say whatever he wants. I'm saying that in my opinion, you don't make that big splash move for a quarterback this year. You build up the roster, and then in 2023, maybe then is when you actually make a play, and I still wouldn't go after a free agent. I looked at the free agent list in 2023. There's really not much out there. There really is not much out there. The Steelers are going to have to find their way through this, whether it's with someone they have on the team now, whether it's maybe getting – catching – you know, you think about a Ryan Tannehill situation with like a Mariota where, hey, a new new system, new city, they can kind of catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe that's what you do. Or maybe you get lucky in the draft and you draft someone like Ritter from Cincinnati and you give him a year and then all of a sudden he's able to play – the Steelers are going to have to find a way to do this in my opinion outside of free agency, whether maybe it's a trade, but I'm not doing that this year. Be patient. You have to be patient. And that's against what Michael Beck said in his Live Mic podcast. He said it's okay to almost just have a blank check with the quarterback position. You just got to you got to make sure you find that guy. And he said EJ Manuel in Buffalo, you know, he didn't work out. I'm not there I'm not there yet. I'm not. This year you can be competitive with Mason Rudolph. If you're looking for a championship, I think the best way to do it is to think about what happened before they got Ben Roethlisberger. They had a great team. They had a good offensive line. They had a good running game and a phenomenal defense from top to bottom. Then they got their guy. That's the approach. So they don't have their guy. Let's build up the roster. Then they get their guy. That's my, that's my method, methodology for the Steelers a quarterback. But be patient. Fans, you do the same. All right, so when we come back, went a little long. I don't care. I don't think you care either. When we come back from this break, uh, we'll be answering questions in the mailbag. Stay tuned. Be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. Alright Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time, it is Wednesday, it is mailbag time, and as I always say, around noon on Tuesday is when I put out that tweet, and the ride or die crew, they they responded, I'm not going to say they didn't, and I'm not going to say I'm disappointed. Look, every week in the offseason, it's either it's hit or miss, it's what's going on, is there news to talk about, and so you all provided about 9 to 10 questions, we're going to answer them all, here we go. Cheeseball 10, Jeff, I'm a younger fan of the Steelers who has yet to really enjoy a Super Bowl win. In parentheses, I was just five when they beat Seattle. That was Super Bowl 40. Can you try to best explain what it feels like to win the big one? Hashtag ride or die crew. So, this is a tough question because you're, I think every single person out there, every single Steeler fan out there would have a different response to this question, meaning, how did you feel when they won the Super Bowl? In Super Bowl 40, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Super Bowl 40 almost felt surreal. The road to the Super Bowl was almost crazier than the actual win of the Super Bowl. When you think about beating the Colts, the way they beat the Bengals in the wildcard round, the Colts in the divisional round, the Broncos game in the AFC championship game was definitely, it felt like the 1980 Olympics when the U.S. beats Russia. And that wasn't the gold medal game. You know, so they, they beat Jake Plummer and the Broncos. They get to the big game. It was an ugly game. No one played well. The referees interfered on more than one occasion. Not, not Interference might be a bad word. They definitely injected themselves into that game. The Steelers win. It was awesome. One for the thumb. Crazy, crazy game. Super Bowl forty three was different. I just remember watching Larry Fitzgerald streak down the field. But let me back up. That interception at the end of the half. My brother and I were literally just expecting them to kick a field goal. Let's hold them to a field goal before half. Harrison intercepts the ball, goes 100 yards, touchdown, and we are literally just in shock. But again, as the NFL does, the replay system just completely gutted all of the energy of the moment, and they go into halftime. But the way that the game ended with Larry (laughs) Larry Fitzgerald just streaking down the middle of the field and Troy Polamalu in full-on chase mode and eventually just letting him go – I remember thinking, is this how it's going to end? These Cardinals are not supposed to be even in the same field with this team, especially on defense. When Ben Roethlisberger threw the pass to San Antonio Holmes before the touchdown, my brother and I looked at each other and said, that went right through his hands. Right through his hands. How do you drop that football? And then the next play, I seriously do think when I jumped, my head almost hit the ceiling. Just incredible. But again, replays out the wazoo killed the killed the juice of the moment but that was pretty awesome uh it, it you just feel like you're on top of the world as a fan even it, you you've never you never be more proud to wear the colors than if your team wins at all what can any fan say in that regard like in Maryland I can wear Steelers stuff I could have worn Steelers stuff for the whole offseason and not one Raven fan can say anything why because we're champs you're not we are so that's what it feels like. It's the best way I can describe it. Southside Doc asks Are there any downfalls to internal promotions within the GM position? Would seeking new ideas provide a potential benefit to the organization? That does not exclude the idea that the tandem could have new ideas without Colbert. This is a great question. An article I wrote for Behind the Steel Curtain today was how the Steelers' GM search might be a little unconventional. And what I meant by that was. There's a chance that Kevin Colbert, A, stays on board in an advisory role after the retirement, and B, they did state that one of the keys to this GM position is going to be talent evaluation. That's Brandon Hunt's wheelhouse. That's not necessarily Omar Khan's wheelhouse. Now, I'm not really sure what Omar Khan can and cannot do because I'm not privy to that knowledge, nor is anyone else that's outside the organization. We do know that Brandon Hunt, though, is a talent evaluator because he's the pro director of scouting for the Steelers. So I'm not so sure what would happen if, let's say, Hunt is promoted to the GM role. Would Khan stay on board? Are they going to find a new role for him? This is going to be interesting to see how it happens. Downfalls to internal promotion, though, I don't think there are downfalls in terms of the general manager promotion. If you think it's been done well in the Colbert era, then there's no better way to do it than to keep people that were there for that era together. Bringing in new GM is not always the best way to go. And Rooney did say they're not changing the way that they have their GMs work, meaning that the GM does not have ultimate power for the Steelers. So that's not changing either. So that might change whether someone from the outside wants to come in if they're expecting that kind of power. Believers, not saying what he calls himself now. He said, if you're in the front office, if you're in the front office, is your primary focus this offseason, the quarterback position or to build a team up and then add a quarterback next year or the following? Hashtag ride or die crew. For me, I think I answered this kind of uh, at length in the first half, and it is to build up the team build up the team. I'm on Dave Schofield's bandwagon. When I said last year, get Trey Lance, get Trey Lance. He said, why would you want Trey Lance when you don't have an offensive line, get the line, build up the team, then get your guy. Keith McCray asks, I believe Mason Rudolph will be the starter on day one. Next season. Do you think the Steelers management have done their quote unquote due diligence in preparing the team for life after Ben? This is a really good question, Keith. And it's a tough question. Life after Ben, that was a difficult. Uh, that's a difficult thing to do because you didn't know how long Ben Roethlisberger would play. No one necessarily thought that he might play for 18 years. The beating that he took throughout his career, but he did. So you, I have to think that you know drafting Mason Rudolph, although in the third round, you're still thinking about the future. When they drafted him, they had no idea how long Ben was going to play, and so a lot of people say that the Steelers failed in this regard. But I can't say that they failed when you're not sure when the quarterback that's been there for all that time is going to call it quits. You know, th- this is something that you people say, well, he hinted at this. Not really. Like in 2017 in week five after the Jacksonville game where they got beat, I think he threw five picks. He said, well, maybe I should just retire. That was tongue in cheek. I don't think that was serious at all. Now, after the elbow surgery, I think that's when the organization should have said, Now's when we really got to start thinking is Mason, the guy that can be that quarterback after Ben, I don't know. They clearly thought so. Cause they gave him that one year contract for the 2022 season. But I think that the all the, you know, the due diligence in life after Ben, as you put it, that's a tough question because you want to try to build a roster to win with him, not always preparing for life without him. And so I thought, I think that even going into last season, they did everything they could to try to get a team to maybe get Ben one more ring. Didn't work out. Good question though. Amendez Mendez asks, should proven cheaters be eligible for the hall of fame? So I'm sure you're talking about our boy, Tommy Brady. And um, yeah, I, this is tough because you know, you're going to go, if you're going like the baseball route with steroids, well, there's been known steroid use in football too and several on the Steelers of the 70s openly, but they weren't illegal then. Let's keep that in mind. They were not illegal. Uh, they, they didn't use them necessarily as performance enhancers, but more so to get over injury quicker. Uh, it's one of the f- impacts of steroid use is that you, your body heals faster. Uh, with that said, though, you're talking about Brady. I'm not sure if anything was ever proven. I'm not sure why they destroyed the tapes for def- um, for Spygate. They literally destroyed them. They don't exist anymore. I, they're not going to keep him out of the Hall of Fame. If that's what you're saying, they're not going to keep him out of the Hall of Fame, just so you know. Haskins QB1. He says, Hey, Jeff, is there any big free agent that the Steelers will try and sign day one of free agency? And if so, who would you like us, the Steelers, to go after day one? Almost forgot. Hashtag ride or die crew. I'm not, like I said, I've said this before. This is the the free agent stuff, is typically where I go after the Super Bowl. Because then you can look at everything and, and who's going to be available at what position. And I, I'm not going to pretend that I know that some of these offensive linemen. Give me the best guard, the best center, the best tackle, and that's where I'm going first. I'm going to be completely honest with you. So I know that there's been some names being tossed around about players that could be on the chopping block or players that are going to be unrestricted free agents. That's where I'm going positionally center, guard, tackle, see who the best is, how much is it going to cost? Can they get them? If not the top, let's go to the second and see if we can get a team together that can be competitive. So good question, though. Uh, the next question from Penn Botter, Do you think the Steelers would ever tank? And if you had your way, would you like to see a tank season? So I'm a Pirates fan. And anyone that listens to the podcast long enough knows that I am a Pittsburgh fan. I like the Penguins. I like the Pirates. And I like the Steelers. And they all have a very special place in my heart being a Pirates fan is not easy this team sucks they've sucked for a long time even though they they toyed with us in 2015 and the Andrew McCutcheon and the Starling Marte and the Johnny Cueto playoff game like all that stuff Russell Martin those are great years but they just kind of toyed with us and then they started tanking I just don't think the Steelers are built that way I don't think the Penguins are built that way either I just don't think it's in their DNA to tank a season. Do you understand though, like everyone always wants to tank to get a higher draft pick? Do you know how bad you have to be to get a top 10 pick? I always go back to this. In 2003, the Steelers were 6 and 10. Most would call that a tank season for the Steelers in today's standards, it got them the 11th pick. 6 and 10. I'm not all about, I'm not about tanking. I want to see the team succeed. I want to. I want them to prove that you can win and rebuild as you do it. That's what I hope. Ryan Good asked, "What do you think the holdup is on the defensive coordinator hire, and what are your thoughts on a potential Mike Munchak reunion?" I'm hopeful for it, but n- not much has been discussed about it. Hashtag #RiderDieCrew. Thank you, Ryan. So first question: What's taken the DC hire holdup? I think my guess is that some of these candidates that the Steelers wanted to interview, and I'm trying to think of the guy's name from the New York Giants. He's actually been getting head coaching interviews. So if the Steelers probably have to wait before they can actually get that interview, he's going to want to get a head coaching job that's available. If he goes through all those and he doesn't get the head coaching job, then he'll probably circle back and see, okay, who are those other interviews? He'll probably go meet with the Steelers. It's just going to take some time as the coaching cycle slowly fizzles out when you think about, you know, the Raiders just filled their head coaching job. Um, the Giants have filled their job. The Broncos have filled their job. As more and more of these coaches coaching vacancies get filled, you'll see some of the, the coordinators fill out as well. And then Mike Munchak, it was just reported that it's not expected, it's not expected that Munchak will be retained in Denver. There's other places that are interested I I only hesitate for one reason. I would love for Mike Bonchak to come back. I only hesitate for one reason. There's a reason he went to Denver in a lateral position. People forget he interviewed with the Broncos to be their head coach. He didn't get the job. He could have stayed in Pittsburgh, but he stayed in Denver because he wanted to be closer to family. That still, it's still, I still think about that, to put it that way. I still think about that. I'm I'm thinking maybe if he doesn't stay in Denver, if he still values that much, his family that much, which I I would hope he would, that he would probably just retire. So we'll see. Having him come back would be great, though. Daily Joint Company, last question. here said, Jeff, if you had your way, who would you like to see as the next defensive coordinator slash Tomlin mouthpiece? Come on, man. Seriously. He said, can't say, quote, unquote, best person for the job as well. Has to be either someone we've interviewed or someone else. I'll tell you who I think it's going to be and I think that I'm actually okay with it being this person, I think it's going to be Terrell Austin. Fans are going to hate it. They're going to bemoan the addition or the internal promotion. They're going to say it's the typical Steelers, but what if he's the best person for the job? Listen to Jeffrey Benedict's uh, from The Cutting Room Floor. It aired on Monday at noon. Check it out on your podcast platform and listen to what he says when watching the film About the Steelers' defense and their secondary since Austin came on board. It rings true. They would have to find someone, though, that can help the pass rush. I agree with what Jeffrey said. Keith Butler was one of the greatest pass rushing defensive quarterbacks in terms of getting his defense in position to sack the quarterback ever. So that's what they're going to suffer, but I think it's going to be Austin, just to be honest. Just going to be completely honest. That's who I think. So, all right, folks, great job here. As always, uh, I had a lot of fun on this one. Got some stuff off my chest. I feel better. Hopefully you enjoyed it. I'll be back on Friday with Blue Check Beck, as always, to talk about all things Steelers. There's not going to be a game to to break down, but we'll still talk about all things Steelers and NFL-related, so make sure you check that out. Last thing, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure it's a one-stop shop for all things Steelers. Wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. And as we always finish it out here, folks, be safe. Be kind and God bless his dealers.